This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. My name is Nicholas Meyer, director of Star Trek 2 and 6, and you are listening to Standard Orbit on Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. By golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm Ken Tripp. I'm Haley Stoddart. And I'm Zach Moore. And our topic today is going to be about storytelling techniques. Episodic versus story arcs. And how the original series is more of an episodic show. And current Star Trek shows, like Discovery, for example, and this really started in the age of Deep Space Nine, really added you know, story arc-driven television. Where instead of having just a complete story, one episode, uh, and not even just two-parters anymore... Now it's like you have a whole season, which is basically one story. And what our thoughts are on, on, on how that storytelling te- technique has evolved uh, over the 50 years Star Trek has been uh, on the air. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought it was interesting coming off watching um, the more recent inf- episodes of Discovery, and it just got me thinking along those terms of, you know, because these arcs now go for 13 seasons— what makes sense? Uh, is it is it hard to follow? What do people think? Do they miss the episodic version? Do they like the mix? You know where we're at, but um, you know it's it's just a curious thing. I, I was wondering, just kind of a high level, you know, what what you all kind of thought of it, and then we can kind of kind of see how it evolved, even in TOS when it comes to the movies, uh, both both sets of movies actually. So, what are your thoughts, Haley? Yeah. So. Coming at it, I initially did not, so when I got to Deep Space Nine and it was this long story arc, I was not huge on it, to be honest. I didn't, it got really wary of me and I'm like, hey, can I have something else? But that's based off of coming off of stuff that was episodic in -hmm. nature. And and so now I kind of look at it as, I kind of like it, but then I kind of don't. I still miss those nostalgic, I I long for the nostalgic, episodic days where an episode was an episode and maybe something in like a character's story carried over into like the next episode or something. But Mm -hmm. the previous episode had no effect on the next episode and and going forward. Um, Those are kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, I understand. What about you, Z? You know, it's it's tough because back in the day, you'd always think, oh, man, I wish these episodes had consequences and, like, these a lot of these crazy things happen 
and then the next week it's like nothing ever happened. You're like, what? Where? Where? Where are the multi arc storylines and stuff like that? Um, and now, <laughs> you know, now that it's all we get on television, I kind of have I've kind of gone the other way, and I'm like, I wish that they could just tell a complete story, in in one episode, like a start, a, a start, middle, and end. Uh, because it's it, there's a lot of unfulfilled storytelling these days. Like when an entire because like an episode like Star Trek, right? Season mm-hmm. three of Star Trek. There's some great episodes in there. There's some terrible episodes in there. But you knew that okay. I hated this week's episode, but next week the clean slate could be something totally different. I can't wait to see what happens. But now and this and this is not just a Star Trek thing. This is television in general, right? It's like if That's you right. really don't if you really don't like the way like like the stories and things the way things are going you're kind of stuck for a whole season because that's how things seem to work these days. And so I feel like, and really, I feel like the best middle ground has been shows like D Space Nine. You know, yeah. D Space Nine really balanced it very well because you had your one-offs uh, that were kind of fun or experimental, and then you had, like, okay, now we're in our serious story arc. And everything was, it was told, even the story arc stuff was told in a way where you can understand what was going on even if you hadn't watched every single episode. And, that, and that's hard to do. Because uh, you look at like Discovery, and it's like, man, if you miss an episode or two, you're gonna have no idea what's going on. Um, so I think I think there is something elegant in the simplicity of the original series. Like here is a complete story; it stands on its own. You can separate it from everything else that came before or after. And yes, the characters are the same, and there is a little bit of probably character evolution. Uh, but at the same point, you know what you know what you're watching every week. The characters are consistent. The stories change. These days, it seems to be like the stories or consistent if you will but the characters and like they change because there's, there's so many characters and look at all the characters on discovery look at like saru right where he is in season two middle versus like beginning of season one but you look at like the original series you look at mccoy he's always mccoy he's always that guy and that keeps you revisiting it because you want to see these guys in different situations so i don't there's not a right or wrong way about it i just it's it's interesting how just how things have completely flipped in that way uh, through story channeling on tv yeah, it's it's definitely evolved over time, and I always kind of, you know, I looked at Deep Space Nine because that's when you really started to see that happen in Star Trek, and it made sense when you consider that the, they're really not exploring and traveling much, so you're going to get the in-depth history of the area that they're in, whereas in an episodic, you know, you kind of get that, oh, here's the computer readout, you know, uh, it's pre-warp civilization, it's this, it's that, boom, 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 you kind of get this this quick download of what planet they're visiting or the area that they're in and then the the adventure goes on um and now in in deep space nine the adventure was learning that history right and and then seeing how it plays out in the now and i I thought that was that was pretty clever but if we go back to tos i think that obviously back in um, in the 60s there weren't a lot of serialized uh television in fact i don't know of any i'm sure there were but i can't think of one you know, I remember in the 70s as a kid watching reruns of different TV shows. It didn't matter what it was, you know, Mod Squad, Mannix, Canon, any of those things, um, Mission Impossible. Each week was a, an entirely new adventure, an entirely different story, which I think allowed for a lot of people to come in and kind of write their own view on something, you know, obviously staying within the guidelines of the show. And uh, and obviously it has changed a lot since then, especially with uh, all these online uh, programming and streaming services. It's almost like every one of those shows now is serialized versus episodic. And there might be a one-off episode that doesn't really have to be there, but it just kind of takes a little spin on its own. And that happens on Discovery too, but it's 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 not as common. But 
if you look at the original series, you know, even as um, as time went on and they left the series and went into the movies, um, all of a sudden, boom, you know, they made six movies. Arguably, four of those six uh, were very tied together, right? I mean, you had the trilogy of two, three, and four, and then you had six, which kind of picks up in a way um, based exactly what happened in the um, in the first uh, in the middle three movies. Excuse me. So, in a sense, uh, the original series was episodic, but the movies started the, the the going down that arc of one leading to another, leading to another. Which, you know, it, um, I, I think kind of got that mindset moving for Star Trek a little bit. I don't know, did, did you guys see that too? Or what were your thoughts there? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and now that you think about it, you go, yeah, well, the movies definitely kind of did start that episodic feel. Um, and I wonder how much of that was a product of the time. Um, because the films came out later and we did start to see some more episodic television at that point um you mean again, serialized or episodic serialized i mean sorry that's wow. okay so i want to make sure we're on the same page you know we lost that hour and i've only had one cup of coffee so <laughs> <laughs> yes yes thank you for that yeah whoever um, stole that hour we're looking for you <laughs> so so yeah so we still have that we have both and i think the the films were trying to cater to that but also be individual too because I can see aspects of both you can watch one of the films and not necessarily have to watch any of the other ones but then they all kind of blend into each other to a degree yeah I think the films even though they're even the serialized ones like two three four and six they tell the same story but they're they're, they're all they're very unique though you know like yeah. four is so different than two and three and even two and three two and three are probably the closest in tone of any of the movies like together uh, one is completely different than the rest. Uh, six is kind of six is like two, you know, because you get the Nicholas Meyer influence, of course. Um, but but they all bring something else to the table. Like one is just hard sci-fi. Two is revenge. Three is like a rebirth, you know, Mission Impossible story. Four is like a time travel, like you know, save the whales environmental message as well. Uh, five is like a, a hijacking religious zealot story, and six is like Cold War in space. So like. You know, they're all very different, and they're told in very different ways. But I mean, and that helps that you have different, you know, directors and different eyes and writers and stuff. So that influences it as well. Uh, but at the same time, like, like they, they they are connected, right? And I think that's the that, and that's the balance. Like the films have that balance because they allow for character growth and change. Like Spock, he dies, he comes back, he has a whole movie where you deal with he's not quite himself yet, and he finally finds himself at the end. You can't tell that stuff on an episodic TV show, right? But at the same time you wouldn't care as much about these characters had we not gone on all these episodic adventures together with them. So that's why I think the balance is a very important thing to find. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's it's interesting because you have a movie that's, that's somewhat serialized. I don't remember a lot of uh, 80s television being serialized as I think back to it. There, there might have been some, uh, but it was still pretty episodic, and I think TNG was still a um, a player in that right so when when they came on on scene they were a little bit more consistent so whatever they created they would always reflect on and they wouldn't change something you know which definitely wasn't the case in TOS uh so and and you had many more reoccurring characters especially you would anyway over 7 years versus 3 uh popping up on TNG and of course you know you had your two parters here and there too which were which were fun 
but it was it was definitely not not the common thing. And I think Voyager had uh, a theme about getting home, which permeated. But they had a story, you know, it was it was their adventure along the way. And sometimes there would be a focus on getting home specifically, a new technology or whatever, or they would be taking on a threat or just kind of um, visiting. Enterprise, though, like Deep Space Nine, they kind of went in and out, right? They had the Zindi War. Um, you know, they kind of had this this whole, you know, first in space type of timeline moving. They had, um, you know, towards the end, the forming of the Federation and the stories that led up to it. So it, it really became a mixed bag across the different series as they went. And then Discovery came in, and they've gone 100% for the most part on, we're going to tell you a 12 or 13 story arc. And um, we hope you like it, because you're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, to your point, it's like, you know, you're, go, you're, you're going to be on this ride. And of course, we're, we're all a bunch of Star Trek addicts, uh, and, and we're going to take it, right? We're, we're going to buckle up and go. And it's a very different type of storytelling for Star Trek, right? Even, even the J.J. films, um, they evolve, but they're all very much their own movies. And, um, and, and to me, this is, this is the trickier part for me because um, I find myself, as we were, I was having a conversation with, with Haley off mic, that sometimes I would like to see things get buttoned up a little faster and maybe go with a two or three story arc over 13 episodes. You know, do, do a trilogy, do four episodes, then you button it up and you go on to something else. I have no idea if that's the right mix or not. And not that I'm not liking what's happening with Discovery this season. It's it's definitely an interesting run. It's just, you know, I want to get there. And and sometimes you feel when you go further and further out, you've arrived faster than the writers have. In other words, you, you've already gotten there. And I think because of its timeline, um, it's a little easier to do. So it is, it's a very different way of telling Star Trek, I guess. And I guess, and it's, and it's effective. And I don't mean to make this a Discovery episode, but I'm reflecting, you know, what it was like when we watched TOS and TNG and kind of marrying it up to the way we watch it today. It's it's very, very different. Yeah, to that point, Ken, you know, I, I feel like a, a, a trap a lot of these serialized storytelling uh, techniques go into these shows. It's like we have to have a mystery and we're going to keep it a mystery for like most of the time. And then to your point, as a, you know, an active watcher, you kind of guess what it's going to be. And you're just waiting for them to reveal it. And they finally do it. You're like, OK. Thank you. I called that like three episodes ago. You know, I mean, everybody can everybody can extrapolate what they want from that as far as discovery. Like the same thing. Like you know, I watched a lot of the CW superhero shows, like The Flash, right? And the first season of The Flash, it was like there's a, the main villain. We don't know who it is, right? And that season it worked, and it was a good reveal, and it all kind of tied together. But they've done that same thing like almost every season. Like who's the villain? Oh, it's so and so. Like halfway through, it's like okay, like mysteries are great. But don't base the whole story like off a twist because that that you know unless it's done extremely well it really negates the rewatchability factor in my opinion. So I feel like they're so focused on trying to like get one on you like ah you didn't see that coming. It's like no I, I kind of did and also like let's just focus on telling a good story and not trying to like trick us because because like you guys said like thirteen episodes this is our one trip this is our this is one giant episode. They've cut up into like 13 chapters. That's even the way they've even described it. It's like chapters. And I don't know that, that eh, you know, it, it depends. It, it all just depends. <laughs> well, what's interesting. Let me ask you a question, Haley, on that. So, you know, you can tell me roughly, you know, your, your top 10 episodes in uh, TOS, TNG, and maybe the other series that you've watched. 
do you find it now what to what to Zach's point cuz he kind of hit me over the head with this and he's right you know can you go back and watch a single episode of a serialized show and not feel like you either have to go back a couple or forward a couple to enjoy the whole thing well what are your thoughts there I think it depends on the episode I think mm-hmm. there are those episodes that you do have to watch either the previous one or the next one or both in that case or the previous two or the next two to understand and get the full effect of what's going on. But I also think that there are those episodes that don't necessarily require that. Um, Case in point, I could go back and watch New Eden and just watch New Eden. And I don't feel so much, uh, aside from a couple of episodes with season one of Discovery, but with season two, I think there are a few more that you can just say, I can just watch this one. There Mm -hmm. are ramifications in the next episode. Um, But I I think they're trying to make this season, even though we have this, this overall story that we're following, I think they're trying to throw in some of those episodic episodes to break up the this serialized story that we've got going on i think in my opinion this this story it's it's the understory and then there's these other things that are going on as well um so again i think it just depends on the episode and and we were sitting here talking and and it's gotten me thinking about a book series that i read mm-hmm. there um gosh the, the writer comes out with two books every year, one in February, one in September. Um, if listeners will go off topic here, if listeners are interested and you like the crime genre reading books, um, I highly recommend J.D. Robb, her in-depth series. I like stories and I like shows that the characters change and the character story develops throughout throughout the show this is what these books do but each book is its own separate thing some episodes like some books will some of them will have like callbacks to something that happened a case that happened in a previous book or several books at book before but they're their own individual thing yet the characters are not so the characters grow i kind of like that storytelling and i uh-huh. like that serialized part if the characters are growing and developing but then there's still, and then there might be callbacks here and there to different things. But each each episode is its own little story. Sure, you know, it just it, it's interesting. You said what you said. I, I, I follow you. Fascinating the way uh, it was put by Zach as well. So the two of you make some really good points. But but here's the thing uh, uh, that that I find that uh, really brings us home in a sense. And I, I wonder if this storytelling arc for Star Trek, whatever they do with the Picard series or any of these series coming up, they're making it much harder on themselves when you think about it. We can look at the first season of The Next Generation, and people say in general it's not a great season, but there's some gems. There's some gems in there, okay? I mean, it took a while for them to find their footing. The first yeah, two spe- seasons were a little especially rough. Especially at the end, yeah, at the end of the first yeah. season. I think it's a great run of episodes, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm going, right? So you you can find those here as they're, as they're trying to find themselves. But you very rarely find somebody to say, hey, did you enjoy that book? And people go, well, I like the third and eighth chapter, but I really didn't like the book, right? It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so what Star Trek has done, what the producers have done, is they've put a heck of a lot of pressure. This is what I'm reading out of this. By going for a whole serialized show, season to season, 
And so the scrutiny now becomes, you're judging a season versus an episode. You really, really are nowadays. And so the views have changed. And, and you know, of course, everybody has to have an opinion as we, as we read them all. And, and that's fine. But I just wonder if, if it was more of an episodic direction that they took, if they could have taken some pressure off themselves a little bit. Because you're right. They do, Haley, to your point, they do put a couple of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, filler episodes. They don't advance. They don't really advance the storyline too much of the the current serialized uh, adventure that they're on. But it gives you a little bit of a break, right? A little, whether Harry Mud or something, it's comedic and it it it, it takes you in a different, a little bit of a ride, and then you you move on to another thing. But what what are your thoughts on that though? As far as you know, as Star Trek evolves, is it going to be harder and harder for them to? Um, I don't know, to be successful because of the format they've decided to transmit. Well, I think it's it's the opposite of what a lot of people even were speculating or hoping for when it started because a lot of people were saying, oh, what about an anthology show? That would be great because you could have an episode on this ship with this crew or this ship with that crew and really kind of right. expand the, the, you know, your, the, the taste of the Star Trek universe in ways that had never been done before. But instead, it's like, no, we're going to be on this crew on this exact mission. For a whole season now, I I know I understand why because the modern TV, twenty four, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Sopranos, right? You, all the all the big heavy hitters. This is what they do, and I understand Star Trek has not done this before. I have no problem with them trying, but I would say like, sure, feel free to mix it up some. Like the Picard show, like I I as I understand it, they have said that it's going to be ten chapters, and like okay, that's fine. But it's like it's going to just go with wherever TV goes, I guess. But if they really are going to have all these different shows, right, Section 31, right, et cetera, et cetera, maybe have one show that is truly like, you know, episodic, like old Star Trek. And then you can have a couple shows that are story arc. I think a balance, especially if they are going to have all these shows like they plan on, then mix it up some. They don't all have to be story arc shows. And I think if they if they continue to if if all goes well and they and we have two or three Star Trek shows indefinitely which i think we'd all love um the just having having a good ratio of story arc and episodic styles of storytelling on these shows would be the way to go in my opinion yeah it it will be interesting to see what they do and i agree with zach i think that if we have a combination of the two it will kind of help break it up and and people will be drawn to what they're drawn to um I am a little disappointed that we're going to have this 10 chapter thing with Picard. I would, I, and again, it makes sense because again, this is where television has gone and, and sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, man, how many shows have I watched recently that are serialized? They, they're not episodic and, and things tie into the next and next and next and so on and so on. Um, and again, I think it all depends on what it is. I mean, Star Trek for me is episodic. And so I want it to be kind of more episodic rather than serialized. And and so that's what draws me to that. But I guess other genres, other shows don't necessarily have to. I think we're going to get, and this is mere speculation, I think the animated series, the two that we're going to have, because um, they've been in talks to do one on Nickelodeon for kids, and then we have the animated Lower Decks, I would guess that those are going to be episodic. I, I don't foresee those being serialized heavily um, because they are animated. They're cartoon ones, essentially. But, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's a good call. I think that's an easy way to test. Okay, well, people still watch episodic stuff. Let's try it in animation. 
And if people respond well to that, okay. So whatever the next show is, guys, whatever you come up with, let's make it episodic. Because then, because Ken, like, you made a great point. Like, who is going to go back and watch like season four, episode seven of like Lost or something? You know, it's like no, it doesn't work that way. You have to watch like the whole thing. Like I love Heroes, um, and I stuck with it to the bitter end. Right, but it's like there's only two or three episodes, and it's the the standout ones of that show that people will go back and watch because they're self-contained. And you know, and that's the same like Discovery. My favorite episodes of Discovery are New Eden from this season, and then also Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad from last season. Those are my favorite too, and they're and they're the most like you know the uh, self-contained I'd say of uh, of the of the seasons. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 weird to think about like the original series, right? They were on a five-year mission, right? So right. if they made Star Trek today, they would make that quote five-year mission about something. Like I don't know what it'd be, right? But it, it, that's like right. we're out here. We're going to do this, right? And then probably every two or three episodes, they find a clue to complete the mystery of their five-year mission or something like that. Like, if they rebooted TOS, that's, that, would, that would be a smart way to do it because everybody knows that term, the five-year mission. We don't know why it was a five-year mission. They could explain that kind of stuff. So so there would be a, a, a mission statement to that mission beyond just like, hey, we're out here looking for people. Like, there would be more tangible objectives. Uh, so I think uh, – I think that that would be the the best way to, to, to go if they did something like that. But uh, anyway, I, I think and that, that's the thing. Like, I've come, like I've said earlier, I've come 180. <laughs> I think earlier, like when I was younger, I was like, man, I want everything to be connected. And I'm like, yeah, I like things to stand on their own. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm I, I think you, you said earlier about the mix. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I was listening, paying very close attention to what you both have been saying. And, and to me, it's great learning for me because I, I love I love the perspectives because it, it makes me think differently. And but one of the things that you were talking about, you're right, they were talking about an anthology series originally. And then you <laughs> you see the production that, the, you know, the um, the amount of money it must cost to produce Discovery. I, I know it last year it was the most expensive program ever produced uh for a serialized show for for its run you know and so so i get it it costs a lot of money and cbs is not a um, a huge corporation like a lot of those ultra ultra uh, other media giants so for them to go in the direction of some kind of anthology and have different casts and different ships my goodness you know they, they'd go into bankruptcy so i do understand there's an economy that they have to be sure they're working with, and they wanted to make sure that Discovery was successful, uh, that they could they earn the money that they want, whatever that margin is, and then they can produce more shows, and hopefully, you know, it becomes a force multiplier. Um, and and uh, my concern is if they if they do go in a episodic view on the animation, well, I don't. It's yeah, for whatever reason I'm not drawn to animated shows. I, I really ah, draw on animation. I get you know, it. When I was a kid, yeah. Um, but as I've gotten older, not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just. I, I, <laughs> thanks. I, I just. Uh, I, I just struggle with it, right? I've tried to watch um, some of the different Star Wars ones, and I find the stories are excellent. But for some reason, I just feel like. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm old enough. I mean, I'm too old. And what am I doing watching this? <laughs> that type of stuff. Because the production values and stuff are fine, I just find it's tougher for me to to get into the story, um, to believe in it, and to and to get lost in its world. So that's just a struggle for me. But that's just a personal thing. Um, well, to that to that point, know. Ken, I would say that yeah. animation, I mean, it, you got to look at it more like a genre now. 
than like a, yeah. than, than like a like oh this is for cartoons. So that's why they're called animated series now, right? No, it's like I comic get book, it. Comic books are yeah. called graphic novels. You know, it's, it's a it's a form of presentation. But at the same time, I hundred percent agree with you on what you're saying. Like it's like what am I what am I doing here watching a, <laughs> watching a cartoon? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I it's it's like I said, it's just it's that believability factor. I, I can. It, it's just that you can relate better what's on screen. It's not that you know I, I can't watch you know a goofy episode of Family Guy once in a while and not laugh. And all. of course I can. It's just one of those things where it's it's just a little bit trickier for me to just get lost into it and and appreciate it because it you know um, watching the 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 last two Star Wars you know Rebels and um, and the Clone Wars. You know the storytelling was phenomenal, and even the effects were incredible. I loved the space battle scenes, but when it got to the characters themselves, I just had a tougher time getting lost into it. Like I could feel myself in this world and being a part of it, like I can with with live action. Which, you know, it is kind of ironic. It's so much computer animation now. <laughs> it's probably live uh, action, not that far unquote. away from being quote unquote <laughs> animated. Yeah, live action. But I do, um, I, you know, I, I hope that, I hope that it all works. But I, I think both of you make great points because I think we, we just really want our cake and be able to eat it too by having that right mix. And it'll be curious to see if the stress and strain of coming with a 13-episode story, 13 story arc will eventually see them move into a direction where they bring a little bit more balance towards the episodic next year. It's just curious, you know. I think they're trying to to move and find that balance already where we've gotten a few more somewhat episodic episodes or at least plots that are more a little more episodic and they they might uh play into the overall story that we're getting but but I think they're trying to to determine where they can find that balance now which is kind of nice to see um to the animated thing, the only thing I can say is I watch it, but then again, I've got an 11 year old still at home who likes cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but I think with that, it just depends on, on again the stories and and not just the stories overall for the entire episode, but I think the stories of the characters with this new animated lower decks that we're gonna have, um, and it also kind of depends on what the animation looks like. I, I think there's some of it that it's just like really even I can't watch that now because. Yeah, no um so i think it just it depends on how it's done will pull people in or not yeah i think that uh, that's a great point Haley, about how it looks because i mean there's there's batman the animated series right that's probably one of the best animated series of all time and that, that's the stories are great the voice acting is great the animation is very serious like you i mean they showed that in prime time some back in the day that's how legit it was and I think it really stands the test of time. And I don't like, I don't feel like embarrassed watching it or something like that, right? But you know, there's stuff today, like on Cartoon Network, you're like, is this is this what kids are watching <laughs> these days? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I think, I, and I prefer the actual hand-drawn animation. I don't know what the plan is because, like, like Ken, there is that uncanny valleyness of the, the Rebels and the Clone Wars stuff, especially with the characters. I know what you're talking about. Because uh, I was I was skeptical watching those, but I was like, oh, this is, this is there's some good stories here. But I, I, I think... The, the you understand when it's like 2d you're like okay when it's 3d you're like is that a, is that a person are you emoting right i so i, I would i would like to see because again i'm so old school right i would like to see the star trek cartoons cartoons the star trek animated series be actual two-dimension animation not cgi i don't have you guys heard have they said what they're gonna be i haven't seen anything yet oh. yeah 
Well, you know, talking about the, the arcs and stuff. I guess we'll stuff, stay tuned. Yeah, I guess we will. Talking about the arcs and stuff, it, you know, looking at the original series, like, I wonder because, it, 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 like, the problems that they encounter, like, sometimes on Discovery, like, oh, we're stuck in the mirror universe, right? It takes, like, half the season, right? But in the original series, that was, like, one episode. And I, I, I like, think back to the original series, and I'm like, man, like, like if they were that, if those same kind of story, if those same stories were done, like, you know, in a story arc way, you could have, like, Mirror Universe, they could be over there for, like, four or five episodes. You could do, like, City on the Edge of Forever, could be, like, three episodes, you know, where they're in the 30s and stuff. Um, but but this, like you said, can anthology stuff, this stuff becomes very expensive. So it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to, like, you're going to take, take a whole month of episodes in the 1930s and build this whole town or something or... You know, uh, but but I think there's a lot of like if they were ever like a, this is where my mind keeps going back to with this topic. Like if they were gonna remake TOS straight up, like which episodes would they pick and choose and like and like kind of extrapolate and stretch into longer episodes? And uh, you know, ones like um, you know, I'm just trying to think of ones like maybe like um, um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, the, the two that I mentioned. <laughs> let's, let's stay with those. But, but yeah, okay. Like uh, par- Paradise Syndrome. Paradise Syndrome takes place over like two or three months, I think. That's the longest span of any TOS episode because he's living his life on the on the planet there. Right. He gets married, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you could do something like that. You could have like a whole three or four episodes. Of course, the Enterprise side of that might be kind of boring. Like, ah, oh, we're still fixing it. So it's those holographic emitters. Rip them out. That's the problem. But... Uh, <laughs> Bugs you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think one of the other challenges that you have sometimes in these in in, in, in serialized versus episodic, um, I find myself watching sometimes um, a serialized show where we were talking about earlier. You know, we're, we're kind of already getting there, and then they throw an episode in that doesn't have a lot to do with the serialized show, and it's like. Oh, you're making me wait another week to find out what's going on here. So Patience, they can, grasshopper. That's right. They can, they can put in a brilliant episode, and at the same time, you're like, ah, but you didn't invent the story. I want to get there, you know? And uh, it's funny because um, it's it's that dichotomy of, of the personality that, that I guess I live in now. I should be sitting back and enjoying every Star Trek show, for as long as I can, because there there is only thirteen episodes, right? Because we've we've gotten um, uh, really ridiculously pathetic in our expectations for a series to be more <laughs> than thirteen episodes, which is just nuts. I mean, it just it just is. Um, and I, I do realize it would be a budget buster if they were to keep the same production values uh, that they're pouring into the show. I would say go cheaper, go longer would be my thing with good storytelling, but. It is it is funny uh, that 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 does occur because um, you know like in in this recent series it's like can, can we get on with this can we can we see what's wrong with this guy can we can we find him <laughs> you know that type of stuff and uh, uh, it's it's like you just want to know uh, and part of it is just you're just anxious to see the character but it it is uh, it is a funny dichotomy with me so you're right the the episode can almost be a blocker to to where you want to get to but I guess you you know. I just have to learn to be more patient. It's funny, though. It is. It, it, the more I think about it. I'm in a paradox. Help. <laughs> well, you know, shows like shows like Sherlock, right, they make it work because they do, like, TV movies, basically, right? There's 90-minute episodes and stuff like that, you know. But, but of course, you get three of those. They come out, like, two years apart, and you might get three seasons, right? I don't, I don't last I heard, there's not going to be any more Sherlock, at least for the foreseeable future. So... You know, you, you have great. We have nine really long episodes of that. 
and that's it. You know, and, and but I don't know, like for a Picard show, that might work something like that because you can do like here's the end of Picard and the original and then the next generation guys yeah. and you get them in and out instead of like instead of like these, these chapters. Like it, I don't. I, yeah, this is new territory for Star Trek. So I said, try all this stuff. You have CBS All Access. You have this 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 venue to try things because like Discovery, the episodes are different lengths. Like the one um, uh, Light and Shadows, I think uh, the one before, uh, if memory serves, is like forty minutes, and then if memory serves, is like fifty six minutes. I was like, okay, that's a big difference. That's a fifteen minute difference. That's a whole lot of story. So play with these links. Do some TV movies. I remember back in the like in the in the um, in the Fallow years is what. Larry Nemechek calls them, right? Between after yes. Enterprise, people were like, let's do some TV movies. You know, let's do a search for Kirk and the Nexus movie and let's do a Captain Worf movie and all these things. And, you know, but there was no avenue for those, right? Like, where are you going to put those? Are you going to release them on DVD, right? But you have CBS All Access now. So you say, hey, guys, there's a new Captain Worf movie coming next month, hour and a half with Michael Dorn. Check it out. I would watch it if Adam, we all would watch that, you know? Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what the bottom Definitely. like. I don't know what the bottom line is for them to push them over the edge to do it, but they they can do whatever they want really. So just experiment would be basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So Ken and I we were talking off mic about this whole like being patient and waiting and wanting to know what's next. And and I've said it before. I'll say it on here. I do not watch the next time on Discovery. I don't want to know. I, I want to sit and and be able to go, okay, well, what does this mean as far as this episode in itself? And then what does this mean for the past however many episodes, depending on what one just watched? And, and I can kind of say, okay, well, maybe this might happen or this might happen. But I don't want to know. And I think that helps with this, like, overall story that I'm, like, not sitting here on the edge of my seat, like, come on, come on now, get over with it. But... I also have to say I worked in retail for 16 years. I've got so much patience trying to work so many Black Fridays. And the other show that I truly enjoy, which is Orphan Black, 10 episodes, 45 minutes each, and you had to wait a whole year in between each one. And there's only five seasons. So I've learned to understand these shortened seasons and appreciate them for what they are and and value what they can do with these shortened seasons and then also having to wait a really long time in between and just like really wanting something. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you this, Haley. If, if, I gotcha. dis- if yeah. Discovery was not serialized, would you feel the need to not watch the next time? Because the problem with the next time is it can potentially spoil stuff, right, for this arc, right? If it was episodic like the original series, it was like, yeah. next time, the next voyage on the Star Trek, oh, cool, that's the adventure they're going on next week. That's kind of harmless, but in this in this story arc thing, that, that's why you're trying to avoid it, right? Exactly, exactly. I, I don't want to know. I want to know as little as possible because I feel like we're in this, it goes into the instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And the society that we live in nowadays is very much geared on instant gratification. I can get what I want now. I don't have to wait a week and I don't have to sit and turn on my TV at a certain time on a certain day to watch the next next episode. I can watch it now, you know, with this whole binging thing, you know, when with shows that you've never watched before or something. And, oh, I, I want to buy this thing. I can buy it now and, and it, I can get it here in a day or two. And 
and it's really kind of sad. And I, for one, I believe in delayed gratification. Our kids need to understand delayed gratification. Not everything is given to you right when you want it, and you can't have it that way. And and so it kind of plays into that. I don't want to know because I want to be surprised. I I can delay my gratification in the next episode until it airs, and I usually don't even watch it on Thursday nights because um, it's not convenient for me. So it's usually Friday or Saturday when I sit down and watch the next episode. And I try to avoid as much as I can, and it makes me angry that people can't keep their fingers quiet because not everybody watches it the same time as you. Yes, I said it. Um, so delaying and then not knowing, it makes me enjoy it and appreciate it more and value the episodes as they come to me more. Not knowing. I, uh... I, I can't help but smile uh, when <laughs> I hear you. You you are so Midwest. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I grow up, obviously, you know, Boston is, you know, I'll shoot you for a spot. Uh, 30 seconds in the microwave, <laughs> that's outrageous. Um, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Life life is short. We got to move, right? And and it's, it is the funniest thing. So I was listening to everything you're saying. And everything you say, I value and appreciate and have never lived my life that way. And uh, it's it's one of those things where it it really is context is king because mm-hmm. it is we I, you know it is such a, a different world on the east coast being on this side of the world where it's like go got to go got to go got to go let's move it you know i mean you're at a light you're at a, a light and um that light turns green i swear to god if you don't move within a nanosecond the horns are blaring right now I've 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 seen it in in New Hampshire and in Georgia a couple of times where somebody didn't take a left with the arrow and people didn't even honk the horn they even let it go a cycle before they honk the horn, it, you know it is just the it is just the funniest thing the the world that I grew up in versus uh, what you're saying now in the context of making sure that people get what they earn and understand that you know instant gratification is uh, not a great thing in a lot of ways I completely understand but. Um, it just it just made me smile a little bit. It's like, yeah, you'd have a tough time out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I know I would. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Got to go, got to go. Well, you know, speaking of binging right, and that kind of stuff, like you know, viewing habits of Star Trek, right? Like mm-hmm. we, are, we are in a binge culture now. But even before, like when I was a kid, I used to binge Star Trek, right? Because my parents like recorded stuff off TV or bought the tape. So I was like, okay. What am I doing on spring break? Oh, today I'm just going to watch like 10 episodes of Star Trek or something and play with my action figures or that right. kind of thing. So it's uh, uh, it's weird but, but, but to, to be in this like in the binge culture, but we don't have all the episodes of the, of, of the new shows, right? Because for so long, it was Star Trek was done. All the shows were finished. You could watch any of them at any time you wanted. And so it just it just the approach, like we were conditioned for a good 12 years that, <laughs> you know, everything there is Star Trek can be watched at any time now. Uh, post 2005 and now it's like we have to like we, we want to watch it next but it's not out yet and and it's just star trek is as star trek evolves with the time uh, us as fans have to evolve with <laughs> with the time as, as we assimilate the show yeah yeah i wonder if there's um if there's a good economic value for um or if it's just the timeline that it takes to produce these shows that that you have to wait a week versus the way on netflix they all drop it once it's interesting to me i i really don't know well, Ken, you know, we, one versus the other. Hmm? We know we know why that is because they want you to stay subscribed to CBS All Access, you know, and not just be subscribed for a week, you know. I mean, that's just I, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, well, maybe, maybe. 
Yeah, I, I guess that that makes sense. It's as logical a choice, I suppose, if people are waiting and waiting and waiting, and then you know, they put in those little um, short takes. Uh, then I guess that, that that keeps you around, I suppose. Because I I can't say that I I am ever on CBS All Access. I I keep the subscription open, but I'm never on it after after Discoveries. You know, if I do, it's to go back and watch that show again. Well, I I am very excited for the Twilight Zone. Which is just around the corner now. At the time of this recording, so that's what I'm. Honestly, I'm, I'm more looking forward to that than than more discovery. But hey, that's me. But it's an it's an anthology show, right? But that kind of show can be an anthology show because it's like it's based on Earth. It's like you know we have suits and cars, and you know you don't need to invent spaceships. So and and that's why I think uh, uh, like like you said, Ken, like like it's hard for Star. It will be hard for Star Trek to ever do something like that because like. Let's have a Klingon show. Okay, we got to build a set, and we got to make makeup, and we got to do set design and costume design, right? In a whole world, let's do a board show. Not that we'd ever do that, but it's like, you know, you, you just, you, the, the amount of effort it takes to get these things up to speed. I mean, that's why, you know, we're having like, um, like the Section 31 show, right? But we have a Section 31 ship on Discovery right now, so we can just use those sets and those costumes and those actors. So, so those things are kind of built already. Uh, you know, think, think about, you know, original uh, original series movies and next gen right they each used each other's sets right like the, the the motion picture sets became the next gen sets and the next gen sets became the star trek's five and six sets so it's a circle of life with star trek here so uh i, I you know it, it's as cool as an anthology idea would be because again getting back to the appeal of that like i i don't think that'll happen but i, I am excited to see what what forms star trek will continue to take because because i would hope and i would assume They'll keep trying new things because Discovery was a new thing and it's proved to be successful. So now we're getting Picard and animated shows, and you know, we'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. Yep, buckle up. All right, so I've got a task for the two of you. Okay. And uh, yep, we're gonna we're gonna evolve just like TV. So I need you to come up with a thirteen serialized series podcast theme for Standard Orbit, and see how many listeners stick through it. <laughs> <laughs> Trust oh me, by episode, they really figure it out by episode seven or eight, guys. Just stick with it. <laughs> well, it's been fun talking about serialized versus episodic storytelling this week on Standard Orbit. But that's not the only thing going on this week on Trek FM. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. Like you said, some of the recent novels have gone with Commander Una, uh, which is... If I'm remembering correctly, they explain a name she's kind of adopted because she got tired of people just calling her number one or something like that. But it's still referring to this backstory of her being the best of the best, being perfect from Illyria, which is a planet that embraces uh, genetic manipulation, I think, and, and you know that sort of thing, and, and breeding for the absolute best. And she was number one in her generation or something like that. Melodic Treks. So, but after I watched Star Trek Voyager, uh, and you know, I was aware of the existence of the uh, Mini Moog Voyager. Uh, I mean, it didn't take me long to just like, oh, it would be cool one day, like if I could acquire the the synth, you know, like the first thing I do with it is redo the Star Trek Voyager theme with it. Then wouldn't that be fun, you know, the Star Trek Voyager theme with performed by the Mini Moog Voyager, right? <laughs> Warp 5. So I'm going to go to Sleeping Dogs for my next episode here. Now, 
at this point in Star Trek, I'm really tired of the Klingons, and I was on my original watch of Enterprise, and I still am. I'm really, really tired of the Klingons, so... Did I say the right episode? Sleeping Dogs, I said, right? Yes. You're just looking at me funny here. I'm like, did I say Shadows of Pajama? <laughs> no, 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 you said Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> okay, good. So... The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. She is with a fake him, and she even says, well, it's you, but it's really only my memory of you. Right. Like, that line is heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm not the sappiest person on the planet by any stretch of the imagination. Anyone who has heard me talk for months on this network knows that. But this is heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trekfm contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your, your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs... You can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time. Or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Holding on the Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show. You can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D. Celebrating Trek Tuesdays. That's tomorrow, everybody. Wear your Trek. <laughs> yes, and use the hashtag Trek Tuesday. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit. <laughs>